0: Corrupt politicians and so forth use expert, um, they they pay people to be expert um, opinions, expert testimonies in cases, and they kind of can get them to present certain narratives. That definitely occurs. So why wouldn't it occur in the medical field? I just think it does. And uh, this is just consistent with that view, I think. Um, here's...
1: Dawn, why are the Democrats letting these riots continue? Well, let's be clear. They certainly wouldn't let them continue oh, if really. right-wingers were rioting, would they? Can you imagine if, the, let's say, people so angry at tens of millions of abortions?
0: Okay, you just got to stop with this guy. The whole, uh, if, it, if the Repub- Can you imagine if the Republicans did this? It's all just this back-and-forth you know, whining and bitching and calling out hypocrisy and uh, get it. But the thing is, it's not, it's such a low level take. It's such a low frequency take. What's going on is irregular warfare. It's an insurgency. We are so used to being the viewers um, of uh, US military intelligence, uh, you know, multinational intelligence in in, uh, in um cahoots with big businesses t- doing reg- regime takeovers, like literal regime takeovers that are um, that start as uh, cultural. They start cultural, They start on the streets. They start as fake sort of uh, corporate or military funded movements that occur as grassroots. Um, and that's how you do, that's how you start regime changes. What we're witnessing here is an actual insurgency. It is warfare. I mean, look at these, look at all of these things on this mapping. This is what it looks like. And Prager is, is still in the conversation of, can you imagine if the, the Republicans were protesting, it would be over. It's because it's warfare, you know, like stop being surprised at, uh, this low level, low intellectual take on uh, hypocrisy. They don't report it when the uh, and, and they didn't do it back in then. Uh, if the if the Democrats did it, of the Republicans protest that they would be. This, these takes have to. It's it's so. It's just going around the truth. The truth of the matter is, it's warfare. It's multinational. It's. Um, Massive! It's it's uh, who? It's the UN. You think it's an accident that that George Floyd's brother is some is suddenly um, fully bonded to uh, the UN's agenda, and and this whole thing about like the the BLM, like Black Lives Matter, it has nothing to do with race. It's billionaires. Billionaires' lives matter. That's what it should be called. The whole thing is Black Lives Matter is a proxy warrior outfit. Um, It's like when you can just hire uh, private military firms, except this is like private activism firms, where as long as you could make an issue about race, specifically black, then you can use the proxy warrior firm, Black Lives Matter, the organization, to push any agenda. So if you make the police, um, you know, the people that are um, there to uphold the Constitution, they're not there to protect you, by the way. That's, uh, you know, the police have no obligation to protect you, which is why owning a gun is so important. But uh, the UN wants to dismantle policing. What's, what's consistent here is that the, uh, the pandemic. It all pushes towards surveillance states. Um, Eric Schmidt, the uh, creator and owner CEO of Alphabet Company, who is the parent company of uh, Google, he's working with InQTel, which is the CIA arm, uh, funding arm, and and uh, the National Security Commission for AI, and their goal is to uh, catch up with China's standards. Um, their their uh, AI their surveillance you know uh, again China has nearly 700 million cameras um, they you they they probably don't even know how to use it properly but um, they have the systems and so Eric Schmidt said it's not we have to catch up to their systems uh, we don't have a choice quote so <clears throat> what's going on is you can use, uh, the pandemic, you can use cl- even climate change. you can now you can use uh, Black Lives Matter, this whole movement to attempt to dismantle the police. Um, and it's not just this low take low level take communism kind of thing that we hear constantly. It's actually in the agenda um, to to uh, dismantle the police to justify the necessity of these new technologies to implement smart city technologies, smart grids, um, sustainable development. That's what they coined the phrase. And so it there's not it's not an accident that the UN is using or they even planted uh, George Floyd and his brother in some way, <clears throat> but they're definitely using it. It doesn't matter what actually happened. What's important is how are these events being used because you'll you'll never get to the bottom of what happened because we're in an information post-truth war uh, era. And so so what what you can look at is how it's being used and it's always being used in the same way. It's they they go after resources, you know they go after controlling um, the authority, what the policing is. And so just like Disney World, as Jay Dyer uh, points out many times, that Disney World, also funded by the CIA, um, is the first example of a corporate-run city-state. They have their own policing and so forth. So that's where it's all going. That's where all these big companies are, are facing. That's why they're okay with the rioting. Uh, because it, um, it creates civil unrest and it dislodges all of the smaller private um, productions that go on. And um, inevitably they will all be there uh, f- not only it also gives them insurance returns based on uh, their losses, but <clears throat> but they position themselves to be the ones who provide the um, all of the supply, all of the services for these new built cities. you know, that's what the push is. The whole 5G push, the whole AI push, the you know, replacing policing, opening up that paradigm conversation uh, by using race wars. Um, you open up the conversation to, well, what replaces policing? And then, you know, then then the conversation is, well, you know, unelected community agencies or, um, or corporate policing. Um, but inevitably, it is uh, drones, robots, the little robot dogs, fully uh, equipped uh, facial vocal recognition programs and millions of cameras um, to reduce crime, the necessity to use the police um, by uh, by way of full-on um, surveillance. And uh, these big cities are gonna be the ones who try it and do it first. So the narratives are always, what we're given, the story, the way we're told the story is always a half-truth And uh, it's always justifying some other future agenda that has not been introduced uh, in an honest way. And that's what I'm looking at. It's all the same shit. It's just uh, create a crisis and label it, market the crisis, get people on board emotionally. That's Black Lives Matter's job is um, to—that's all they do. An event happens. If you can tie it to a race, if you can tie it to black— white whatever then uh <clears throat> then you can justify the measures taken um and and then if the measures are taken you can justify what is the remedy of the loss in this case uh policing but there's always a uh a, a, um, a silver lining not for places like new york city where they have very strong gun laws uh almost impossible to carry a gun pr- to protect yourself uh, they're going to be in trouble But, you know, the whole quick knee-jerk reaction of uh, removing police and what does it mean about the Constitution, et cetera, that's a little late. I mean, the Constitution was undermined probably even before Bush uh, Sr. And they could use force and they can call us enemy combatants so long as national security was uh, deemed to be a a threat to national security was deemed to be a, a thing. And they've been doing that trick ever since. But um, the silver lining is that everyone will go toward protecting themselves. Uh, they will buy guns. They will, if there's no, if you can't call the police who, who have no obligation to protect you, their job is to respond to a broken law or some eminent threat or law being broken. But they, they have no obligation. Warren versus Castle Rock. They, they, it shouldn't say protect and to serve. It, it's, if anything, it's protect the Constitution itself, but they don't have a. It gets messed up, and people misinterpret it with uh, protecting your life. They don't have a. No one has the um, obligation to protect you. Only you, and so there's going to be uh, again. It all looks like chaos. You start arguing old old arguments. Uh, you start protecting and defending old paradigms that are already undermined, like the like the Constitution as a piece of paper that gives you anything. It doesn't. And then you just got to look at the good that's going to come. It's like, I'm not for defunding the police, uh, but I also am realistic in where these things go. I am realistic with the uh, about the relationship between emergent technologies and how they're justifiably implemented and how uh, agencies and, and governments and people use scenarios, destructive scenarios to then... Justify the means. That's what war is. You know. That's why Halliburton makes money. Is that it? It creates a scenario that justifies their services. That's how it goes. You're not going to stop that form of uh, behavior in man. But the good news is, people are turning to their local gun shops. People are turning to, uh you know, all tactical systems, uh, they're turning to self-sufficiency. They're realizing that this whole dependency, um, is nonsense and that's cool. I mean, me and my wife is, uh, she, she it was her, it was her idea. She's like, let's go get our concealed carry next week. Um, that's what we're doing. Um, so I think it's awesome. I don't think defunding the police is awesome. It's not about that. It's about what these uh, things uh, inadvertently sometimes uh, cause as far as a response. And you just can't, don't be tricked into the response of like preserving some governmental system. You know, you always turn it on yourself. Where, what do you do now as a response? Not who, what other agency, or paradigm do you protect, okay? It's all about morality. How do you uh defend your ideals and your life and your livelihood and um and that's I think that's where your power is you know it, your power isn't in you can't do that, then we have nobody to call the police like no these are jet, this is warfare, you know what I mean this is this is warfare. Your your opinion about the Constitution and what it means, and having a debate about it online, is not within this paradigm. This is happening. This happens at a higher level. We don't participate in this level. We we maybe let's see. uh, We maybe participate in calling out psyops that may or may not be um, effective. You know, some most people just call you a tinfoil retard. Um, insurgency kind of calling out insurgency distinguishing between uh, you know just uh, goldfish uh, NPC protesters who actually think they're a part of some sort of uh, some sort of uh, grassroots movement um, so to, you know separating them from actual insurgent militant insurgents that work for open society who work for Black Lives Matter who are a part of Antifa these are uh these are war firms you know what I mean so I don't know that might be something we're able to do is at least identify that but again you got to go back to what in your life are you protecting what's the way of life you're protecting and uh figuring out well how much of that is dependent on these things that seem to be threatened right now you know what I mean I see this going full on civil war. I, no, I don't think so. It is a war. That's the problem. Uh, people think of war as the combatant war, the bloodshed, the shooting. Obviously, uh, understandable to to associate war with violence and all of this. But this is war. We're in a war. It's a war. It's just, it's irregular warfare. I mean, just look it up. Look up irregular warfare. That's what's going on right now. It's all about insurgency. There's an entire document from 2007, 17 onward. Uh, I think it's crafted between 2017 and 2020. It's a counter insurgency um, playbook and um, it's about irregular warfare. And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with multiple um, agencies, uh, infiltrated police, infiltrated government, Congress, um uh multinational corporations participating, funding it, um, and uh, the United you know United Nations of obviously the agenda 21 is is a big skeletal back, you know uh, structure behind all of this, but it's warfare. Um, it's using new tactics. It's using health. Health is a new tactic. You can use health and uh, health scares as the boogeyman, pandemic, as we've seen. Uh, climate change was the first vaguer, broader iteration of health because it's it's about your life, like the livelihood of humanity, right? It's too broad. But uh, the pandemic fake coronavirus is more direct of a threat. And so it worked a little bit better on the... Um, it didn't matter about your party. It worked on, uh, you know, a, a bunch of right-wingers, too. It worked on centrists. It worked on everybody. And that's warfare. It's not just some, like, just a scheme. It's not, It's not like, the way we live, we think uh, people's intent and their agendas are, are around money or something, or some sort of, like, small-time lollipop gain. And it's just, it's very naive. And I used to think that, too. It, it's, it's way bigger than that. Uh, Max, uh, what were the most influential interactions that taught you debate? Um, <clears throat> I think, uh, watching, um, because debating to me, if it's not, uh, about, uh, philosophy and, um, you know, the metaphysical, uh, debating is silly. Like debating politics is silly. I think it's just facts against facts. It's like where Ben Shapiro thrives. Um, it's not about a higher order of truth and a higher resonancy of truth, which I think exists uh, in the in the world of morality. and what is truth? What you know? Where do these things come from? How do you justify all these things? But I would say uh, the debate between Sam Harris and William Lane Craig. Um, I, you know, I was when I was atheist. I would really go to Sam Harris. Type people, and Dildo Dawkins, and Christopher Hitchens, um. But uh, once I discovered logic, uh, not just assume logic, actually get into logic. You know how to debate, how to, how to uh, question assumptions. Just really low, basic. I'm super novice level. Um, those kind of debates, suddenly I looked at them again and I was like, holy crap, like William Lane Craig completely de- destroyed Sam Harris, like completely. Um, but his little fan base, um, will never understand how or why because they don't appeal, they're not appealing to the logical problem, they're just assuming Sam Harris is smarter, uh, because he the way he speaks and, um the paradigm in which he speaks, um, you're just sold on somehow, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, oh, he must be smart. I mean, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would say that interaction was pretty um, influential where I was like, whoa. If you actually, inter- if you interpret these things through the lens of logic, uh, strict logic, then you realize uh, when when Sam Harris and other people like him appeal to some sort of criticism in that case of religion itself, uh, the way religion is is used to justify immoral behavior or war or rape or whatever. Uh, he's using all these tactics. Um, but he's not addressing what he's being challenged with, which is on when, on what basis is any of that wrong or immoral? And, uh, his model was, well-being and, uh, avoiding suffering. That's his basis of morality, which is invalid logically. Why? Because all we have to do is show in one place where, um, where well-being can be, um, occupied by evil people, you know, because well-being is just a measure of your body and, 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 uh, you know, in the material sense, it's just your body, your health. You're doing well. You have resources. You're not in any pain. That standard and measure can be completely occupied by uh, by people who um, do evil by the same standard. So, anyway, that was the most influential debate the rest of them the rest of the debates are all versions of that it's always the atheist uh, making moral claims like like Dawkins uh, uh,
1: striking striking fear into a little little child and telling them that they're going to burn in the eternity is immoral deeply immoral and
0: he doesn't have a basis for morality he needs to borrow you need to borrow from from god to even make make a moral claim you can't even on what basis is putting fear in children immoral at all? I mean, a, a, an atheist relativist uh, can't say why any of that is immoral. Only that it's not preferred. Maybe it's not... Um, uh, I can't, They can't even say nice, I don't think. Uh, preferred or um, pleasant. It's not pleasant. Thoughts on psychedelics? I mean, I've done them. And when I did them uh, for that mindset I was in, um, that's just what I was doing. Looking back, it's like it didn't give me anything new. I don't think um, – I don't th- – I was talking about this uh, before. Is that uh, – if the argument is psychedelics give you some more further access to truth, then you have to question who you are and what the truth is when you're not on psychedelics. So there is a, a logical problem there where uh, it assumes, and that's for people who assume like you got to do this and then you'll find truth and God and um, all this stuff. Um, but there's a problem there because you based on the assumption, uh, you could only trust the truth r- revealed to you or, um, said to you or experienced, uh, when you are under that, um, under that spell under, under those conditions. So, um, also you'd have to have everyone else, um, currently under some psychedelic, uh, um, you know, what do you call it? Substance or whatever to, uh, to believe anything. And that's people, again, that's specific to people going like, you got to do that. You got to do this. That's the only way you're going to find the truth is like, you, you know, just do this trip and then you'll find it, man. And then you always go back. Those people always go back and do it again. they think they're going to get some to some place where uh, they know now, now they know. Um, and it can be very, uh, you know, coined like a religious, uh, experience, a supernatural experience. And that can be very convincing. The experiences themselves can be very convincing, but experience itself isn't the, uh, isn't the arbiter of what ultimately what is true because your experiences can lie to you. So I think psychedelics for the most part are inversions of reality. That are very uh, that that align well with the need for humans to seek some supernatural experience. So it's kind of a self fulfilling fulfilling thing where you're already looking for that experience, but because it kind of matches what you think you might be looking for, you you double down on it and you're like, that's it, um because it fits something that uh, you that humans want and need, which is, uh to fulfill their moral, spiritual um selves. So it's kind of a false I think uh psychedelics I think psychedelics in short are false idols. <clears throat> who we got who we got? I can't tell if people offer to go live with me or, or just doing it. Uh, you're describing Learyites. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Leary-ites. Um. Well, you know, back into the philosophy of that, psychedelics, like, the pursuit of whatever you're, you know, like the pursuit, like a Learyite, like what you're trying to get to is transcendental, right? But there's something um, inconsistent with psychedelics giving you transcendental uh, access because uh, it's a material impact on your brain. Like it's actually material happening. And so you can just go right to it and be like, well, you're you're literally just influencing your brain. Um, And because what you're experiencing is so contrast to regular reality, that which you're like born into, that you just have by being alive, um, you're still after some metaphysical basis. So um, it's silly to base truth on something that you need to alter your brain with. Um, Because then you'd have to question truth itself without the thing. You'd have to constantly be... That's the thing about it. Here it is. If the assumption is truth, the higher level of truth can be found in psychedelics. Then, while you're not on psychedelics, making that claim, you you'd have to you'd have to put that claim into question. You'd have to be on psychedelics to make the claim. But then you're just then it's circular reasoning. You know, like you're it's true because you know because you're on psychedelics and you see the truth how do you know because i'm on psychedelics and i see the truth they're just fun could help you maybe decide on some shit yeah cia that's the other part of it's like the cia there's a guy who was like hired to actually you know engineer LSD so if you look at the beginning of psychedelics, not not mushrooms or the natural, like ayahuasca stuff is way older than the CIA, but chemical stuff is definitely connected uh, directly to CIA. Hippies are lost. Yeah, it was designed, hippies were designed to be lost. You know, uh, there's a Russian defector um, named uh, Yuri... Besmanov. Of course, um, you have to question the, uh, the claims of someone who was hired to uh, invert and lie and conceal truth his whole life. I get that part. But th- I actually believe um, the overall um, claim he's making, which is that there are uh, intelligence agencies that were hired to actually infiltrate and uh, uh, basically, catalyze what's called ideological subversion, and the, and that the '60s, the era of free love, revolution, it's all funded. It's all a part of some other thing that just doesn't come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? It doesn't just come out of nowhere with with uh, slogans and all this stuff. It's actually a form of subversion, and it's warfare. It it's also. That's how old irregular warfare is, is that it's, it's a ideological warfare and it's, um, demonstrably, um, effective in this, in, uh, degrading culture, traditions, uh, religion, family. Uh, it's effective. I mean, just look at the feminist movement. The whole thing is so, it's so upside down. It's sold as empowerment. And it ta- actually takes the power away from women, um, gets them further into debt. It, it uh, gets them to relate to their body and their vagina as a commodity. Um, it gets them um, believing that worshiping or serving a, a uh, corporate master is somehow better than serving your, your biological offspring yourself and your husband and God, um, it gets you basically it's even bigger. It gets that whole movement got women to, uh, worship materialism, worship the material that your power is given by the things you accomplish. Believe in yourself, you know, let it go. Let it go. It's all, it's all gearing women from a very young age to uh, pursue uh, the path that is non-traditional, not expected of you, uh, whatever it is, and that it's in itself is empowering. It's nonsense. It leaves you with uh, cats and uh, wine-stained teeth, and uh, you're just desperate to go to your um, nephew's graduation because you might be able to flirt with a high school boy. how can one make money in this times? Actually, this is the time where, um, I mean, if you're into, uh, pursuing money, um, money's okay. Uh, you just don't worship money. Uh, but now is the time, uh, in the, in the time of uncertainty where it looks like you shouldn't be risk taking risks. And it looks like everything's going bad and you better conserve, 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 which, um, arguably is true in some level. Uh, it's also the time where people who have a sort of a, some foresight uh, get into the ground floor of these new these the new economic paradigm, which will be inevitably. It's you can't you can't you can't avoid it. It will be this uh, surveillance state systems, um, enhanced facial recognition um, systems. Um, face swap systems. So all of these systems, like everything that's created from a standpoint of military or intelligence or even medical, um, inevitably makes its way into culture. Uh, And uh, the same way um, military and CIA stuff, like mind control stuff, uh, manipulation, language manipulation... It starts from that place and then it makes its way and then eventually gets out and then it makes its way into the, the corporate world and then they start using it. Um, so that's how I see technology. That's soft technology. Like You can, you can take uh, psychological manipulation warfare tactics and use it as a technology in um, the commodity world. Um, And that's basically why the book Protest, Inc., you know, the corporatization of activism. That's why, um, that's why what we're seeing now, it's, it's totally corporate run activism. Um, It's corporate, it's corporations looking at the model of entertainment and delivering episodics, literally episodics, um, you know, what's in an episode what what is this? What does an enter What does entertainment start with? What does entertainment need? It Needs a conflict. It needs a antagonist. It needs a hero, and what they've taken this model that we're so bombarded with every day. You know everything we love Game of Thrones, The this, this Simpsons, everything. It's all as long as you can format a movement or political agendas and format it in the world of entertainment in episodics. You'll always get people who are um, who are overly vulnerable to that um, that model, that interface. It's an interface. So if you look at it just from the standpoint of interfacing, we're being delivered episodics constantly. Activist epi- episodics, um, trauma, um, um, unfairness, injustice—all of these things. And then we need to pick a side and then there's a hero and then there's the victim and the martyr. And, uh, and that's what has people forget because, um, you want to see the next, the next episode of game of Thrones. You want to see the finale, right? Uh, so it, it hijacks your cortisol and your dopamine and the way we're being programmed to consume entertainment is now being used to consume politics and, uh, itself where we are the viewers and the extras in these episodics. Uh, unless you understand that, you can still, you know, like you can still participate in it. I'm a participant. I'm. Uh, I create content. I also deliver it in similar episodics. You know, there's it's a series, uh, but I understand what the. That could be used for entertainment and manipulation or it could be used for, for exposing truth. And that's the side I'm on. So it's really important to look at the relationship between entertainment and, uh, and these episodic um, scenarios where they constantly give you a new title. You know, If you turn on your TV, it will say Black Lives Matter immediately somewhere on your TV. And uh, last month it said coronavirus. And now the whole point is like to totally infiltrate your consumption, a direct feed into your consumption. And uh, so oh, sorry, that was a big answer to how to make money. So yeah, if you want to make money, you know, I wouldn't advise making money off of, off of lies. But if you look at these new systems, and there's a way to utilize, there's always a way to utilize technology to reveal lies, to reveal truth, and to ultimately uh, gear people toward the good uh, so you can get in on those, you know, and um, that's, where, that's where it's all going. It's, it's all augmented reality, it's, uh, you know, face, face uh, swap technologies, the, the world of memes, and uh, cultural-related media, pop culture media, uh, face swap is going to be very disruptive, but also provide um, a lot of uh, capability to to creatives, uh, people who are going to utilize that to make satire, to make very realistic scenarios, you know? It's not just gonna go to the porn, right? That they're gonna capitalize on it, but then there's gonna be some crazy laws about that. Um, but uh, face swap is the one thing that is known about, but still under the radar in so far as it's disruptive capabilities. Like, I would say that's the one thing that we're not uh, generally ready for. Is is what what that technology is going to do. So yeah, I, I mean you could make money, but again, money's gonna change too. I don't I don't know if we're at the, you know. I don't know how close we are to going into full on like digital uh, compliance currency. You know that's uh, that's one of my material. Uh, fears. One of my sins is uh, being a bit concerned about uh, compliance being the new currency. And by compliance, I mean you yourself are given your resources um, in exchange for participating in a system. I mean, it's Mark of the Beast stuff, but we already exist in that system. So, uh, But it's to what extent your behavior is then uh, controlled, regulated. And if it's every movement, every choice uh, you have to sign up get a certificate of that uh, of that movement I think that's far off but it's uh, again if if people pursue pragmatism utilitarianism usefulness convenience they will go away from the immaterial virtues they will go away from God they will go toward a Chinese system which is uh, all these pe these these uh, ruling elites, you know, the billionaire lives matter. They are chomping at the bit for these kind of systems. They're just, they're just, uh, that's their, that's their porn. Yeah, compliance is currency. That's where they're going. And again, I said it before, If if compliance becomes currency, then
1: dissent, rebellion becomes theft. I mean that's just that's just logically true. If compliance is currency, then dissent is will be seen as theft. It's not like some crazy metaphysical woo-hoo claim. It's not like pseudo-intellectualism. It's literal. Like like if you're if if your currency is the choices you make and getting in line upholds the currency, then diminishing the currency is a form of theft. It's a form it's a form of fraud. fraud when I was a little kid. This is a totally separate story, by the way. So I've told some of you uh, stories about how I go fishing with my friend Brett, and I don't like to touch the fish, and I don't like to reel in the fish or anything like that, so I sit there with a comfortable chair that I got got from REI, it's a great store, Um, and I watch him fish, and I consider that fishing. It's it's not up to you to tell me what fishing is and is not. That is how I experience fishing. If I want to pay Brett for his time, and his services, which I would always do. I would never not pay someone for their time and their services. Brett is more than willing, voluntarily, joining me on my trip and pulling in the fish for me and de-hooking it and doing all of the disgusting things that I don't want to do with my little hands. <clears throat>
0: I guess that's when the good, yeah, the good in the world will die and then they'll have a thousand years of yeah, peace. No, the stuff can't maintain because it's not true. You know what I mean? That's why, that's why a higher order of truth is important and logic and philosophy is important because you can look at things with a greater peace of mind knowing when something's untrue. Like back to Sam Harris, well-being and suffering is not the basis of morality, Therefore, goals set based on that model of morality is strictly pragmatic. It's arbitrary. And that's why these models and these these technocrats and these little wedgie-dodging retards like Bill Gates and all of his handlers and the people above him will never quite know the names of, probably, um, that's why they fail. Yes, they can disrupt things. Yes, they can misguide people, pull them away from the good pull them into a utilitarian mindset. But it fails because it's not true. You know, It doesn't mean untrue things can't occur and maintain for some level because a lie can maintain itself for a while. I mean, half of you guys probably think we landed on the moon. Um, But it doesn't maintain. It falls apart. Inevitably, you have to create more lies. You have to justify things. If you cannot base it in logic, it's a lie. If it's not coherent, it's uh, it's broken. A lie is when you knowingly deceive people. Some pe- some of these people are not knowingly deceiving people. I think Bill Gates is, but other people, they don't know better. They don't know they're deceiving. They just assume what is efficient is what is good. You know what I mean? They just uh, equate efficiency with morality. They equate usefulness with Utility with what is good, and uh, it's wrong. It's untrue, and that's why it f- fails. Ultimately fails, and that's why you can rail against it, like I do. You can try to get people um, thinking using proper uh, logic and uh, calling out where it, where these fallacies occur and where where it's all off, and just pointing it out. And if I really believe that because I reject the pragmatic uh, per you know pursuit in life, I do- that doesn't mean I don't make pragmatic choices. It just means that that's not my end goal. I don't tr- I don't go I don't base my worldview on pursuing what is uh, pragmatic, useful or efficient because efficiency does not create truth or beauty. It doesn't ob- obtain it doesn't adhere to truth. Um, ultimate truth and beauty uh, look at architecture it's actually efficient pragmatic uh, utilitarian to make us live in small tiny boxes it's efficient it's cost effective uh, you know it, it's easy to build and take down um, it, there's nothing uh, based on the goal of efficiency saving money uh, saving space. There's nothing inconsistent, but uh, there's nothing efficient or useful, uh, or saving space about a beautiful piazza with buildings uh, that last two thousand years with arches and um, angels carved into the stone. That's not efficiency. That's not that's not like usefulness in in the in the sense that it does something for us and gives us something uh, material. It's a way bigger, uh, value point. You know, it's a, it's a transcendental value point. It's its beauty, it's culture. It represents uh, godliness. Basically, um, it has nothing to do with a conveyor belt, pushing things at a faster rate, getting us our Cheetos at a cheaper price. Uh, there's nothing about an arch that uh, or a beautiful built uh, bridge or statue that gives us a
1: higher rate of speed in our digital transfer of information.
0: But that's what we all value. Even even the uh, the relativists, even the atheists, understand that uh, beauty itself, the appreciation of all of that old art and architecture. It's uh, it's not based in the model that they are pursuing, and they uh, they at least uh, admit that, and they look at it and they go, I can I can appreciate it, you know, Sam Harris, I can appreciate ritual and the beauty that comes from from um, from those things, and I just I, I can appreciate those things, but he doesn't understand it's not about appreciation, it's it's a higher order of of truth and why we're here, we pursue metaphysical, that's what it is to be human. That's what separates us from animals. We pursue metaphysical. Thank you. As a musician, this is a helpful reminder. I'd rather go the way of Van Gogh than... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and artists also go different direction. I mean, look at like Dolly, you know, all those all those art movements, um, that inverted beauty. They uh you know, they make the eye all big and they show that they can mess up a human body and it's all so cool and messed up, dude. I love it, it's all disjointed and love the juxtaposition and the blah blah blah. blah. It's all this nonsense. And you're like, Okay, you're just a consumer, a con a consumer, a consumer. And uh, you're just like, think, you know, it's like rebellious,
1: man. It's like totally pump rock to just like take the beautiful form in the body and just make a bigger eye and then have a hand coming in. Uh, Dahlia's fucking awesome, dad. Dahlia was fucking totally undermined in,
0: like the traditional painting, man. He just totally took it over. You know, after the Impressionisms, you know, and like like all the Pointillisms and stuff. You know, after that, Dolly came aboard and he was just like, fuck you guys, man. Beauty doesn't like, you don't get to determine what beauty is. Beauty is in the eyes of the balders. You know, it's a beauty is like subjective, but like, beauty is just like a, you know, like, you dress up as a chicken and make phallic symbols into the sky and it's surreal, dude. Fuck you, dude. You don't have a monopoly on the beauty, it's in the eyes of the balders. Man, no, it was all inversion. And then you then you fake these uh, young kids with the,
1: you know, they have tattoos and they're all like grungy and they love Kurt Cobain and they're like, fuck yeah, fuck the system, you know? And you know, fuck the
0: system is a product. The whole like anarchist rebellion nonsense, that was a, a product, it's a product. It's like the irony is that you are you are the NPC now going that route. That's you are the NPC. If you think that whole like rebellious, you know, f- you know, screw the system, it's like it's already been commodified. It was probably uh, legitimate at one point, but I'm not even sure now. I'm pretty convinced that all every level of revolution which just means a circle, by the way, uh, is funded, marketed, campaigned for, has a secondary agenda, a byproduct, so to speak, and that uh, none of it's actually sincere, ever. It's never been. MLK, too? Nope. Always agenda-driven. Always co-opted by higher powers, uh, you know, behind the scenes. The wizard, the Wizard of Oz um I don't believe any of it. And the reason that it's not just a conspiracy theory. If you just look at it from the standpoint of all communication, there's there's always some agenda. You know? I have an agenda. I want people aligned with truth and I want people to establish the muscle that allows them to widen their aperture and see deception. That alone is not a material goal. I can't represent that in material some outcome where there's a a new city a sm- uh, you know screw those other smart cities I'm gonna build a smart city that's all based on you know you know being able to notice what deception looks like and see how it doesn't work uh, it's a greater it's a to me it's a it's a good it's not based in uh, you can't build it there's no there's no material uh, thing I can actually go toward and and prove that that's happened. It's ongoing. Evil is ongoing. The departure from good is ongoing in the spiritual battle you don't win. You don't you're not going to win it. You don't win it. And that's why people when people say they're waking up, it's not like people think waking up like the the corporate woke version is seeing the in- the injustice in the world that can be materially based and then we have an answer. That's materially based and we will build that answer and then the world will be better and we can better the world. All this nonsense shit that Eastern, you know, some of it's East. Actually, no, some Eastern is just like, it's all what it is. You don't do anything. Um, But the whole movement toward revolutionary, uh, that the revolutionary spirit toward uh, a closer to ideal world. We can do it. Heal the world. Make it you all of Michael Jackson's stuff. The entire music industry is luciferian. and not just not just like, you know, the typical uh, basement um, conspiracy theorists where they're, you know, they're worshiping you know, the goat and uh, evil, that all exists, by the way. But it's even at a way basic, logical stance. It's that they think, there's a world out there in the future that they can get to if people just do XYZ. That's Luciferianism. There's a place you can get to. We can do heaven on earth, you guys. You just have to, you just have to post this black thing. You just have to You know, send your nearest black person some um, reparations. Oh, who's the guy who uh, asked for how to make money? Okay, if you want to make money, get someone. Who you know who knows how to make an app, and even though it's a parody, make an app called Rapperations so that white guilty people can set, they don't even need to meet the person. There's an app on their phone that can tell them in their direct vicinity, you know, uh, if there's a black person. And you can actually, it's a Rapperations is a cash app that le- allows you to just send. Uh, the nearest uh, black person some money because you think they're less than you and they need your white help, uh, white hot help. Uh, There you go. Rapparations. R-A-P-P, like app. Rapparations. Go make it. Make it a joke and watch. Just like that shaved head thing, I'm pretty sure, I hope that started at 4chan where they get people to do these hilariously ironic uh, acts of virtue. All these girls are shaving their heads. The irony of uh, a bunch of white people becoming skinheads in the pursuit of social, racial justice is hilarious. Well done. Whoever whoever created that troll, I, I adore you. White hot help. Exactly. Anyway, reparations is the way to go if you want to make some money. You know, you charge a very, very small white fee. Um... And even half of that fee is paid back to the nearest black person, and then you're good. You're gonna you're gonna be a billionaire or start a black coin, a crypto coin that's that's upheld by the uh, <laughs> a crypto coin that's upheld by the 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 positive virtuous gestures of white people. White people are the uh, the rig, they're the uh, the crypto rig keeping the ledger alive, and then all the coin. Uh, is used by black people. Blackcoin. I mentioned that on another stream. There's a blackcoin and Mexicoin. You can do Mexicoin. Uh, you know they're they're the lower rung of uh, you know minority victims. They're on level two, Um, but you know blackcoin and Mexicoin could really be a big thing. And reparations. That app could really kind of go in between so that you know, all the guilty white people who are wearing Superman coats, who are assuming their power, uh, acknowledging and assuming their power. So we're privileged and we know it. And we're taking this time to speak on behalf of the black people that have less privilege, Um, even though we should be silent. I'm going to speak out about how we need to be silent, but speak loudly about being silent and make everyone know that I should be silent, but doing it loudly and widely, And everyone needs to know because that is awareness. And if we don't speak out, how are we going to get people to be silent? You know, it's all about awareness. Hey, I'm going to die in 10, uh, not die, but I got to end this.